You are listening to Ready or Not with Aftermath Disaster Preparedness. Greetings, this is Ready or Not with Aftermath Disaster Preparedness. Thank you for listening in tonight. We are into episode four. This episode is entitled Fiscal Ready. Are you financially prepared for disasters if they may hit? Tonight again, we have myself, Rashida, and with me is my co-host, Michelle, and we're going to jump right into it. Welcome, welcome. As Rashida said, thank you um, for listening in tonight. Yes, let's talk about it. Let's talk about financial preparedness, um, which is one of the key considerations of preparedness. Of course, I always try to loop back to previous or prior episodes. Of course, we did have um so far spiritual prep mental prep and um now and now we're on to financial, financial prep yep. which again we spoke of the different levels of consideration for or the different elements of for disaster preparedness mm-hmm. now again financial preparedness is a key consideration so i actually think that the most amount of money the greater amount of money is needed in for disasters in the pre-disaster stage. Mm-hmm. In the actual preparation process. Yeah. And having everything that you need for the disaster. And, you know, getting all your supplies together, yeah. doing all that you can to prevent a disaster. This is what we actually call the mitigation, mitigation. phase. And, you know, we discussed that in aftermath, in our training, mm-hmm. aftermath disaster preparedness. We discussed the actual specific mitigation Phases that are needed for the specific um, disasters. Yeah. So um, we get like a more thorough account in the training and um, cover other elements of mitigation. And we'll, we'll, we'll do that in future podcasts. Um, but in a mitigation phase, you're focused on preventive measures to reduce the effects of a disaster. Things you can put in place, as I said earlier, for example, waterproofing your backyard, mm-hmm. um, making sure your fire alarms are in good working condition. Yeah, making your go bags, making sure they have all the supplies needed for when if you have to be on the go. Yeah. Other than staying in the house and being sheltered in. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Um, yeah, and creating shelters for yourself. All of that. So you can put all of these things in place financially. Now, when I say, when we say mitigation... That's actually preventive, preventative measures for a disaster. Mm-hmm. It's those things that are kind of low risk, yeah. or being helped you to help you to incur the disaster and survive it. Like you know, to keep kind of preventative, as I said, to right. keep things pre- preventative measures in place. I'm sorry, I'm stumbling over that, but yeah, um, that's what mitigation is. Um, now, outside of the mitigation aspect, to prepare financially for a disaster, you also want to consider having cash on hand. Right. Or at least the ability to access cash outside of relying on 
your, your, your usual card. ways. Or, yeah, because you know, cards, we're like a card world now. Swiping ATM everything. and everything won't be available. Being able to swipe won't be available. Apple Pay and things like that that we get used to doing to pay for things won't be available. So that cash in hand, that change in hand, and having that amount of money that you need for a long period of time. And I'm not saying necessarily go back to old school where you hide your money under your mattress. I'm not not even saying that because I don't want thieves to get any ideas. I'm not saying that, but you do want to put proper measures in place that you can get, um, you know, access some money or have cash on hand in case you just got to kind of run out or as I'll get into it a a little later, in case you have to barter or what have you then you have money on hand. And what personally I do, because I can make it kind of personal, what I do um, with the bank that I'm with, I created a a different account where I gradually put money in that. And right. we were talking about it earlier. When you're preparing, you're always listening for what's going to happen. So in those moments, well, I know that, okay, this d- disaster is about to happen. It's time for us to prepare. I know at that time I'm hitting my local ATM. I'm getting everything from that account, and I know that this money is going to be used for our disaster plan. So that's something good that the listeners can do because I myself do that right now. That's a perfect example of emergency preparedness. Like if you are disaster preparedness because say it's just an emergency, mm-hmm. um, you just kind of – and I think you're getting ready to kind of cover that aspect, those elements as well. But, yeah, you just have the ability to if, – if you're alerted beforehand – you can have a situation in place like that where you can go right. get it before anything anything happens. happens. Yeah. yeah, and if you don't have that in hand, like if you don't have the time where you can go and get it, then you know that that's an area or in your house or something or a place that you know that here is our disaster money. This is what we've been saving, and this is only going to be used in our times of disaster or like emergencies, emergencies like you said, because yeah. it doesn't have to just be a disaster. Correct. It can just be an emergency in itself. Correct. So, yeah. Correct. So, yeah. So, while we're talking about money and things like that, we can move on into um, key considerations for financial preparedness. So, we covered having um, cash always available for your um, for your plan. Yes. Um, we also talked about emergency fund, and we tied that in with having the cash or having the separate account where you can access that money for emergencies. And also, let's jump into insurances. We know as a community, a lot of us don't think about having a life insurance plan. And that needs to be a high consideration because during the times of disaster, we don't know if we're going to survive or if we don't. And if our family and friends do, we want them to be able to have something in place for after the disaster already has passed. Correct. During our recovery phase and we're recovering through that disaster, we want to have that um, insurance plan in in place. I'm glad you make the distinction Um, because... Now, as far as this goes, as far as your insurances or what have you, of course, pre-disaster, you need to kind of go ahead and set these up and put them in place and, you know, see see what, say you stay in an apartment complex, right. see what they cover. Do they cover flood? If right. they don't, are you, do you have the ability? Apartment insurance or exactly. renter's insurance exactly. is it's called. And does it, does it cover floods? Then you need to find out and maybe you have to get supplemental insurance to cover floods or what have you. So you have that stage pre-disaster to kind of figure those things out and kind of go ahead and get those things in place. Mm-hmm. And then you also, this comes back to you in the recovery 
stage as well because now here's the thing i can't predict um nor can i sit here now and tell you how much you would need for the recovery phase right i can't tell you that but i can tell you these are some of the things you should consider mm -hmm. for the recovery stage mm -hmm. because you'll never know you never know in recovery how big the disaster is right. going to be what its effects will be um, and then you don't know how much the insurance will cover depending on what the disaster is. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, you don't know. I mean, right. you might end up going to the hospital, um, you know. And, yeah, and how many of us have adequate health insurance? Health insurance. So health insurance is one. We covered renter's insurance, life insurance. Car insurance is something to think about as well. Absolutely. Because, Let me tell you. Yeah. Let me tell you. I know when there was, I think it was flooding. It was flooding mm -hmm. in uh, Greensboro, North Carolina. Okay. Uh, what was that? Last year, I think it was. And I was watching on the internet, on social media, this couple and their baby, they were preparing, quote, unquote, mm -hmm. for the disaster. Okay. So the, the husband, I'm going to say he was the husband in the scenario. He goes, he gets the car, he drives the car. With these, this little weak board up on a porch, parked it. This is in North Carolina, so they got these like you know porches. Mm -hmm. Parked the car on the porch, and, and that was his disaster preparedness. Oh, so it wouldn't get swept so away. So it wouldn't get flooded. <laughs> so he doesn't have you know the proper insurance or whatever. So he's right. improvising, and here they yeah. are with the whole car. car Imagine the, me, a yeah. prepper watching this yeah. girl and really that's because if something happened to the car then <laughs> they're, out, they're out of luck. He <laughs> right up on the porch and he, he actually was trying to, he had to get out and push it up. And, uh, and that's what we don't want. We don't have time for that. We try to live. We try to save our life. I don't have time to be pushing my car up on the porch. The, oh, the, the worst part of it is like or hiding it in the shade. Girl, <laughs> it's the worst part of it was the, the female, she was, drove it up there and then she's like, he's just like, press the glass. And she's like, I'm afraid. And he's <laughs> pushing it from right. the back. It was total chaos. And the baby was crying. And See, we don't, that just gives a, that that puts a monkey wrench in our preparedness. This is a we bad don't wanna, look. We that's don't not do preparedness. That. That's we don't want to do that. Impromptu. That's <laughs> just by the, by the skin of my teeth kind of situation. Right. Preparedness. We don't want we, that. Yeah, we want to do it. In a logical and rational way. Yep. Not to say that that was... Okay, I will say that was illogical, but yeah. yeah. We, we, we can do better and we're here to help, to help you, you do, do better. So. So Absolutely. Alright, so let's move on. Let's talk about um, legal financial documents or do important documents in general, right? So organizing those financial documents, you always have to make sure that they're in a safe place where they won't get damaged either by water um, or weather conditions. Um, and always be accessible. For before the disaster and after the disaster. And I say that with um, important documents in general, such as birth certificates or um, IDs, um, in, insurance cards. We were talking about insurance. Yeah, so insurance, insurance cards, cards your, your financials, all, everything dealing with your financial that's on paper that can keep record of everything that you prepared to do prior to that day needs to be in a safe place. Right, because if it's a black up when it's black out, when the system goes back up, then you can say this is this who is, I am. Yes, and this, this is what I did. Account. 
number, my ATM yes. number that wasn't working and, you know, that kind of stuff. So make sure you safe proof yep. your important documents, financial and otherwise. And another um, plug-in with, with myself, also I can make it personal again, mm-hmm. what they have now on a lot of smartphones is um, an app that you can use to scan your documents into... Uh, oh, yeah, you show me yeah they can scan then. the documents into um, like a folder inside of your phone. And you don't need Wi-Fi to access these documents because as soon as you scan them, they're always there, like like your pictures and stuff that you take. So that's another thing, too. If you have important documents and you want to um, scan them into your phone, if you get to a power source and you're able to pull it up on your phone because you weren't able to get any paper or anything to take with you because you're afraid of water damage. If we come back on grid, yeah, on the grid, yeah. That's something that we can look into doing as well to always give us a plan B yeah. for those documents because they are very important. They become us they become your who we identification because who else would know unless Absolutely. we legally and see those documents that this is who i was this is what i had and this is what i prepared for before today happened absolutely. before the disaster happened i'm sorry absolutely so make sure in that you have a list of your meds you know your your, your uh prescriptions mm-hmm. and what have you you want to make sure you have any that health place. problems that you have absolutely you will definitely want to keep a record of those past medical history that you may have for yourself and your family and write a will yes i don't care what your age is mm-hmm. because nothing guarantees that you will survive a disaster right but you want to protect your family you want to protect you know your your spouse or you want to protect your children and your loved ones yep so if they are survivors they know where this information is mm-hmm. they can you know kind of get what to do them. They are the beneficiaries. Yes. Designate your beneficiaries. Put that away. Do that today. Yep. Do that today, not just for a disaster, but for any emergency that can happen like right. that. Like, consider writing a will. Yep. And back, and I want to jump back a little bit on the insurance. I know we talked about adults and stuff, but definitely take out insurance for your children. We might think like children... We pray that they'll be here tomorrow. They're young. We we don't want them to go. But in all actuality or reality, I should say, they should have their own insurance plan as well and their own insurance policy. Now, we did get the email, mm-hmm. um, the, the DM, with someone kind of drawing on some of the things that we say might not be financially feasible for everybody. Right, right, right. So That's true. on a practical approach, I mean, do what you can afford and prioritize what it is you can do. Mm-hmm. But whatever your financial situation is, you do need to organize your legal and financial documents. Yep. Whatever that situation. So maybe you can't take out all the insurances, but if you can't, you know what? Make sure that you really double down on the mitigative aspect. Right. In mitigation, in terms of the preventive preventative measures, make sure that you double down on those things that can help you survive. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, a disaster. A disaster. Yep. Yeah. So much. let's move on to um, emergency kits. So emergency kits, like we said in the previous episode, you want to do things in little steps. 
you don't want to go out today and just buy everything to put in your emergency kit yeah, right no. now because we, that we, becomes we talk, very expensive. And we talked about customizing your kit for right. your lifestyle. So every day or every week or every month, you put something aside to this is what I'm going to buy for my emergency kit. Exactly. So you always going to, um, you know, get new things to put in your emergency kit that are equipped to the lifestyle that you live. So definitely think about that, having money aside for my emergency kit, building my emergency kit so that it's better sustainable for when these disasters happen and I actually can use them and they're useful for, for myself or for yourself. And hey, listen, I'm not, we're not saying you have to go to REI or some great uh, hiking establishment uh, place. Like I've, I've actually gone into um, like the dollar stores and got and a, a, a legit, little, um, what is it? Little emergency kit. Yeah, you could get those. Like a first aid. You could get the We could start off kits. with that. Exactly. You could start off with a first aid kit. Exactly. exactly. If you don't have one, you can get a first aid kit for your go bag, you go for your, your candles. Home, like if you want to For go, your car. Exactly. If you want to get candles, you can go through that. So, I mean, there's a range. It runs a gamut. And there's a range for anybody can be prepared. Yeah. Anybody can put some level of preparation in their life for an emergency right and again we kind of gauge more so toward two weeks yeah or right now or what's happening right now yeah yeah and but not planning we, we say a two-week supply mm -hmm. on hand before um disaster uh first responders yeah get before to, they come to you yeah to assist. so we say prepare to be resilient for at least two weeks yep so those are the five key points for um considering being fiscal ready and now let me add on to that so just know as we just said the, the right plans can lessen the impact of finances in a disaster now we've kind of just gone over a range of things that you can put in place for financial preparedness but also there's the off the grid I want to speak to you about the the like the survivalists. Again, we're in the middle somewhere. We just want you to get the mentality and the mindset for preparation. And living off the grid basically means that you're living in your own world. I should say, <laughs> but no, you're you're living no, off you're, the grid, which means the things that the we use of everyday living, exactly. i.e., like um, the toilet system. Something as simple as the toilet system. Um, when you live off the grid, you have a specialized toilet system that you use. You have a specialized um, everything. Everything. Off the grid is like your lifestyle becomes camping. You, yeah. you, you outside, I don't want to say in a while, but you, no. you're not it plugged into the electricity. You're not using modern. ATM. You're not using yeah, modern electricity, using modern, modern technology, exactly. modern convenience. You're, you're living not. off the land. Like That's yeah. pretty much the best way of saying it. Okay. And if that's the case, um, when if, if it gets to that in the extreme, I think um, we use the term apocalyptic. Yeah, it gets to, when it gets to that extreme. When we were talking about electric, um, electromagnetic pulses, now we're talking and blackouts. Now we're talking about you're going to have to level this thing up to a place that you can really survive. And so when you look at the survivalists, like those diehard preppers who do now live off the grid or, or, or those who live off the grid, consider this right now, put in place some things that might be done um, financially if you become a survivalist. 
if you know you have to go longer than two weeks um and one of those things is bartering and trading bartering and trade exactly which yeah pretty much the same so go to your community and, and this goes hand in hand i'm going to say bartering and then the, another thing that i was going to say is know your neighbors but that kind of goes hand in hand because if i'm in a situation here's the setup if i know my neighbors and we we get to a place where you know we have no electricity or what have you right now pre-disaster i can find out what my neighbor is able to kind of contribute contribute you mm -hmm. know what I'm saying what 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 they will be responsible for mm -hmm. and we can trade off so maybe i have the water but mm, maybe she has the firewood mm -hmm. you know and we can kind of trade off that's that's bartering in an emergency situation right because cash is not gonna at a point it won't even matter you know, so what can we trade? What can we kind of go back and forth for? Maybe I need sugar and, you know, you have milk. Right. You know what I mean? So mm -hmm. what's going to be the trading? Right. Uh, the trading tool or what's going to be that commodity of trade? That's why building, that's why you said knowing your neighbors and building those relationships are very important. Correct. When and it comes to disaster preparedness, it's not just you. You have to... You know, consider, consider everybody else. Community, mm -hmm. pretty much. So, let's say that does happen. The one thing I will tell you, don't get like, when we say save your money, have cash on hand, we're not talking about having a hundred dollar bills. Thousand dollars. Thousand dollar bills. No, no, just a thousand dollars, like thousands of thousands of dollars hidden somewhere. Like, but practically, when you're like in this kind of situation, have the smaller denomination of bills, maybe dollars, stack your dollars. Because if I'm trying to get gas from someone in an emergency situation, I'm not trying to give them a hundred dollars because they, they don't have any change. Listen, for that. they have right. no change. I'm out of a hundred dollars. So maybe in that situation, now it's going to be, you know, here's. Three or four dollars, you got some gas, can I give you right. you know, four or five dollars? And of course, in that kind of situation, that four or five dollars might be they might be able to go buy some kerosene or something. Yes. So yeah, have small denominations. Don't try to, you know, have thousands of dollars and big denomination bills like you're getting ready to get on a jet and, you know, fly right. off to an island. I mean, maybe some people can do that. If any listeners out there can, let me know. Uh, I'm please. coming with you. Please. <laughs> Another thing to consider is to have an income flow now. And by that, I mean, you know, many of us have a nine to five and that's your, that's your revenue stream. But if you think now that you have so that you can have something in place in addition to the nine to five, because if you can't get to the nine to five or if you're fired in an economic downturn or what have you, then you have some level of do for self. That entrepreneurship. That entrepreneurship mm -hmm. where you have something from your divine purpose that you're drawing revenue from. Right. You know, and that you can just kind of, you know, just kind of shift to if there's an economic downturn or, you know, you can't get to the nine to five. Like, you know, um, these government... Workers just were. Um, they were shut. They were shut down. They yeah, were working recently. for free. Yeah, recently. Yeah, 
um, over the um, the wall. Mm-hmm. So they, yeah, they were practically working for free. The community came to the rescue and, you know, provided a lot of support. Yeah, a lot of local you, restaurants and um, local businesses were absolutely. able to feed them for free. Yeah. Um, because that's of- real. Without that source of income, we don't know what people had savings or what people didn't. Yeah. So we don't know if they were prepared for not being paid for a month or so. Correct. And most people aren't. The stats, I think, that said 78% of most Americans live paycheck, paycheck to paycheck. paycheck right. so, and that's a very real number. So if that's you, consider, hey, listen, pick up a needle and thread and sew. Mm-hmm. Consider sewing for money. Like, whatever your if thing If you like is. to do hair. Hey. If you like cut hair, do hair. Start that. Start that now and have another uh, uh, income flow. Yep. Um, and also, you might want to consider... For, again, if you're in the blackout or what have you, gardening. Yeah, um, learning how to garden. I started that. When you talk about personal, I mm-hmm. started gardening. Okay. And um, it's, a, it's a very rewarding experience. Mm-hmm. It's a very hard experience. Right. You know, but it's, it's absolutely necessary. And it can be done in home and out of home, I heard. In home or out. You can, like, you can, right now, I just, I, listen, I grow my herbs, like, right on my window. Right. I have a, a thick, like, pottery outside my door that I can go and I clip my herbs. Right. I clip my basil. I, right. I, you know, you've probably seen it, actually. Yeah. So, my oregano, that's how I do it. And then I... Again, went into gardening. Consider that. And gardening is becoming really popular right now. It's needed. And I know a lot of inner cities, like D.C., for example, and Baltimore, for example, because I know a lot about those two cities, they are offering free gardening classes for children and adults. So we we should take advantage of that. Take advantage. And bring that back to our community and bring that back to the people who who don't know how to garden. We can learn that and bring it back to them so that during a disaster, we know... That this is something that we have. And this is something how we can get to our community. Correct. And even if you do it just for an interval to see how it's done, then the other thing that preppers are doing, that survival, I mean, um, uh, off the grids are doing, off the gridders, I got to find out the best way of saying that. But people who live off the grid, survivalists are doing, they're storing the seeds. Okay. So, you know, I might not want to do it each season or what have you. Well, not me personally. I am going to do it. I'm just, you know, I, I, <laughs> I garden. That's just my new vice, if you would. But for, for those of you who maybe don't find a, a great interest in doing it, at least get the seeds so that if you get in a disaster or emergency situation... Those seeds is what you use to eat. That's, those seeds become your food source. Yeah. And that could be like me. I personally don't know anything about gardening. Correct. But after listening to that, of course, I'm definitely going to go. And get some seeds. Go get your because seeds. Because when I get hungry, oh, I'm going to learn how to garden then. Like, we all going to know how I mean, to garden then. I mean, it gets real because, yeah. I mean, when you see at a point, well, wait, 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 let me just clarify something. It takes some serious yeah. some time and stuff to grow. <laughs> it's not like pop, pop, presto. Like, it does take some cycles for growth and gardening. But, yeah, have your seeds because if we really get to that kind of level, I mean, I say this. Right now, we're in a kind of level of emergency mm-hmm. in terms of food. Cause everything man, is GMO. Everything, everything is processed. Oh everything is fake. We don't know what's real. Yes. So, yeah. So, yeah. And that's what prompted me to kind of go ahead and to, to garden. Like, let me grow my own food. Let me know exactly what I'm eating. Because I have no idea 
And I don't trust sometimes that the government is just going to make sure that it's passable. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So, again, that's gardening. And I was going to say know your neighbors, but I think I've already expanded yep. on that as it relates to bartering. But, again, know your neighbors. Um, we speak about that in CERT, in Community Emergency Responding Training. Yeah. You got to know your neighbors. Know what they do. Yeah. You know. So that they can play a role in... Yeah. After the disaster, they can play a role in getting everybody back on track, per yeah. se. Yeah. I mean, the only experience that I've really had is, I know in our area, we had a big uh, electrical outage for days. It was for days in the DMV. I, when I say our area, I mean in the D.C., Maryland, Maryland. Virginia, mm -hmm. metropolitan area. And what my community did is everybody at a point, I think about a day or two in, Somebody just put out a grill and people just came out with their food that was thawing in the freezer. They didn't want it to get spoiled. Right. And they just had a big old block party of, you know, grilling the food or what have you. Right. Um, I won't be helped to the situation because I eat vegetables only. Cut <laughs> throw some vegetables on the grill. <laughs> vegetables only and people look at me like, really? That's your contribution? But no, uh, but... That's an exercise in the community coming together on some level. Mm -hmm. And at, depending on the disaster and the level of the disaster, you know, it becomes a more intimate way. The need becomes more intimate in terms of knowing your neighbors. So, yeah, let's, let's kind of consider those things, if you would. Um, and one more thing is, um, again, we talked about these survival shows. Rashida, mm -hmm. the other thing is these these preppers, these survivalists. If you think now to put your money toward, if you know you have tornadoes in your area, right. for example, right, go and build a storm a shelter. A storm shelter. Put your money in building a storm shelter. Mm -hmm. That thing, uh, that tornado that just happened in Alabama. If yeah. you knew that, you know, tornadoes are, are coming and we know things are intensifying, go underground. Right. And we kind of covered that last week yeah. with knowing flood zones and knowing if you live in a flood area or not. Those are things that you need to know. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. for those people who live in California and places like that, they are prone to fire. Prone to and fire. so they know, I hope that the people that live there, and if we have any listeners from California, know that this is an area where fires are easily sparked. And you or, should have a preparation yeah. plan. You know, and um, we actually cover that in our, in our presentation through Aftermath Disaster Preparedness as well. So, yeah, those are the things to consider, um, audience, listeners, for financial preparedness. All right, so we're moving along tonight. We're about to jump into the question of the day. All right, so the question of the day. Are there supplies stored in my community or county? All right. Like, so I, like I, I think, guess they're asking, where are the supplies? Yeah, so, like, if they weren't, so, caller, I mean, listener. Um, so, I'm, I'm thinking that the question is saying if you don't have any supplies or things like that, where would you go in your area to retrieve, you know, retrieve those supplies? So, let me start by saying it, it basically depends on where you live. Right. And supplies may be limited because how many other people are probably asking that same question? Right. And for your community... Um, you discuss emergency preps with like homeowners associations or leasing office 
they they sometimes have a plan in place Correct. for if their home if their home area or their apartment complex hits with an emergency. Correct. They kind of have things in place on. They, they know how many people they should have them. They and know he, how many people live there, and they know this amount of stuff will maintain this many people. So, like you're Keyword, saying, they should. They should. Like you're saying, so the first thing is, if you have an HOA, like you just said, Rashida, go to your HOA. Yep. See what they have See in what place. your homeowner association has and in place. And here's a plug. Here's a plug. If they don't have anything in place, mm-hmm. in preparation, look up Aftermath Disaster Preparedness. Yep. We go to apartments. Yeah, and we help you get prepared. And we help get prepared. Yep. We help you get prepared. We, we go to we, um we go to a lot of places. We go to apartments, schools, businesses, wherever you need, you know, hands on training, we definitely there to help you. You could give us a call, we can come in and do the training so that when you do call your HOA, there's an organized plan in place. Mm-hmm. When you do listen, um uh places of, of worship. Listen, we we come out to places of worship because you should have an organized plan for your fellowship or for your um, congregants. Mm-hmm. Because what's the first place you think to go? Me personally or people in general? Because <laughs> I'm going. <laughs> not you. Not you. But no, people in general are going to go to their, your house, of their house of worship, their church, exactly. their mosque, their synagogue. Exactly. They're going to go to places like that where they are with community. Correct. So you want to have those things in place because, again, that's those those are the people that usually do help. Those are the organizations. I'm sorry, that usually do help. So for all of you um, congregants or pastors or whomever who are listening, especially in the DMV area, um, aftermath disaster preparedness comes in. We can do assessments of the churches and places. I'm not going to continue to plug, <laughs> but if you don't have it, you need it. Yep. Yeah. So, and another thing is call your local or county municipal um, building. So, like, where I currently am, I know exactly where my municipal building is. And I know what they have and what they don't have because I've been there before and I've toured it. I took it upon myself. And with being with CERT, Mm -hmm. they actually take you to your municipal building and you get to learn um, the things that are in there, the things that aren't in there, and what they're there to help do. So, every county and every country is different. Correct. But if you do have one of those buildings located and go there upon yourself, you don't have to have you don't with municipal buildings. You can go right in, correct? And talk or to you the can, people that's there, like, or you can just call. Ask you don't have to have an appointment. And, and that's this, a community based building. And ask that very question. Listen, if a disaster happens, what are the plans for my county? Right. What are the plans for my community? And last but certainly not least, considering all that you just said. Yeah. Most importantly, make sure you and your family are prepared. That's and have the necessities and the certain supplies to be self-sufficient for two weeks or more. You have to care about yourself. Correct. You have to prepare for your family and for your well-being. Right. So if all else fails, if your HOA doesn't have it and you can't get to your place of worship and, and the building is closed, so, hey, who knows? If, but you know that I have my back. Secured. Mm-hmm. I have my family secured. And, and we're know, prepared. Correct. And maybe, maybe again, my neighbors, we, we have this situation set up. It's self-resilience. Mm-hmm. Like you have to be self 
sufficient. Yep. And when you, and if you can't all those avoid other it. things kick in, then you know that's just a a plus. A plus exactly. for what you already prepared right. for. That's a little bit of a load off your back. Right. But you know that if they weren't there, that you would be ready. Yeah. So that answers that question. In a nutshell. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> All right, so we're about to jump into the segment, Are You Prepared? Um, Recent current events and hot topics of technology for today. So I'm going to take the Are You Prepared approach for technology. Um, Of course, we've been talking about non-electrical devices after speaking about the electromagnetic pulses and the possibility of a blackout. So the technology that I've uh, researched recently um, is your weather radio. So weather radio, if you can get it, and I suggest that you get the hand crank. I think they have battery operated, but again, for a blackout situation, get the hand crank so you don't have to worry about the batteries. Um, and what that is, what the weather radio is, is it keeps you abreast of um, the weather and recovery efforts. So you have the ability to just kind of tune in. You just crank it with your hand crank and you get those notifications and you don't have to worry about batteries and what have you. Um, They're reasonably priced. Of course, there's a range. And um, so that's that's one of the things, the technological uh, devices that I've researched for this episode. And the other that I researched, and I am waiting for mine to come in, is the hand crank emergency cell phone charger. It exists, it's reasonable. And you just you just um, put your phone, I think Rashida just looked at it, and she said it has the capability of, of uh, being a flashlight. Yeah, being a flashlight yeah. or helping you can you can generate, generate to the be flashlight. A flashlight. Exactly. Uh-huh. But it's hand crank and you just plug it to your cell phone and you just crank it and it will help charge your phone. Uh, without electricity. I think that's a wonderful piece of technology. So there you have it. Those are my two devices for this week. And I think I'll continue the series because actually there are quite a few non-electrical devices that you can consider. Dang, we already to the end already. Yeah. Episode four is completed. I hope y'all enjoyed it just as much as we did. Once again, we want you to listen in, like, share, and comment, and let your friends and family know about this um, information. Thank you for listening to Financial Preparedness. I hope you gained something. I hope you actually... Just go ahead and apply some of these things that we're giving you. I hope you had a pen and paper and wrote some of this down. I hope you tell your friends, <laughs> tell your neighbors, incorporate them. Go tell those those places of worship about uh, Aftermath Disaster Preparedness as well. Let's get these things in place. Let's make a plan, people. Yeah. And we're looking out for your comments, questions, and we will answer them live on the air on our next episode. And we're looking at you. Listen, share this with your friends. Yep. Like, go to Apple and give us a review, if you would, please. Reviews are amazing. Yeah, we need that. Spotify, Google Play, Anchor. And the list goes on. So we're on all platforms, so you don't have no excuse. And tonight, <laughs> we, we say good night. We thank you. And we know that we're not here to scare you. We're here to prepare you. Peace. Peace.